0: Hello, I'm Andrew Hales, I'm here with Jane.
1: Hi Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so
0: much for being here. You're, Thank you. Yeah, you're a ketamine user.
1: Um, you could say that, yes.
0: Therapeutically. Yes. Okay, let's go from the beginning. You, you were in a car accident?
1: No, um, I had a traumatic brain injury right. December 2017. It wasn't a car accident, it was um, a different type of accident, but it resulted in um, a, a bleed in my brain as well as PTSD and super bad anxiety and chronic pain.
0: wait! what kind of accident?
1: Um, I was a victim of a violent crime. Okay. And I don't remember exactly what happened to me. I woke up on the concrete, like the ground twice. Um, so I had, I had damage to my frontal lobe. And, um, I think it's like the suboccipital lobe mm-hmm. in the back. They did a CT a couple days after my injury, and the CT missed, or the ER missed the bleed in the back of my head. Um, it could have been too small at the time, or they were very dismissive of it. And they miss about 20% of um, bleeds in the ER when, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's when you say that there's not a big story behind it, they don't take it very seriously. And um, the story I'd given them at the time was just that I um, had hit my head on the coffee table okay so um they had missed the original bleed and so i went untreated after that uh okay until mid-february of 2018.
0: right okay so a couple months goes um you're having these awful symptoms whatever Mm -hmm. what kind of symptoms
1: well the in the when while i was untreated it was I'd say the worst part was the anxiety, like extreme panic attacks um, to the point where I would be thinking I need to go to the ER because I was having a heart attack and I'd be paranoid out of my mind everywhere I went. I My heart rate was arresting like 140, 160. I'd see it up at 180 while I was resting, um, which was very abnormal for me and I was losing a lot of weight at the time while I was still eating pretty normally. Um, Hmm. and I was also very emotional very I had since I had a frontal lobe injury I didn't know at the time but I started having symptoms that my mother actually thought um, meant I was developing schizophrenia and so I was seeing my psychiatrist and like trying to figure out what other mental issues could be going on because I was acting not like myself at all I failed all of my finals right after getting into NYU because I couldn't finish them in time hmm. um, I could I needed to be sleeping like way more than normal um, and it was very hard to wake me up my memory was like almost non-existent I wouldn't remember an hour before I wouldn't remember doctors faces doctors names um, really anything so okay and my speech was also affected and my driving I couldn't drive anymore because my eyes uh, they they did what you th- happens when you drink and drive, and the test, that eye test, I would fail um, yeah. if they did that to me because my eyes they jumped.
0: Like at any point in the day. Yeah. All right.
1: Um, because of the brain injury.
0: Um, so finally in February, you you found a doctor that treated you.
1: Yeah. So um, mid February, my ex and I split, and um, right after that, I told my mom that something else had happened to my head. Um, something more severe than what I told her before Hmm. and um, that I was scared because within the like I'd say six to seven weeks uh, before telling my mom the truth I had been getting worse and worse um, brain injury wise and I was really scared for my life at the time because I thought it could was just a concussion because I thought the CT said there was no bleed and concussions over time get better not worse and over that time I was getting significantly worse and worse and worse Hmm. and Unstable in every single way really um, constantly shaking um and Just an extreme extreme pain like in my neck and I couldn't really function anymore without having to take um Xanax and Valium and like we tried muscle relaxants and lots of other medications to try and Keep me normal mm-hmm. to keep me like a normal person, but and I never needed those things before. Yeah, but uh, Okay, that's kind of how I was before
0: February the doctor they start figuring out.
1: Yeah, so I start, all this shit. Yeah, I see a few doctors Several.
0: yeah, several doctors.
1: Yeah, cuz um, I was in pain throughout my whole body and um, we saw a different couple We saw a couple different types of neurologists. So I saw like a functional functional neurologist who I saw several times a week um, I can't remember his name or face uh, mm-hmm. But I saw him sitting from like February through um, May when I left Oregon. But uh, I saw him a lot regularly, but I also saw a neurosurgeon. It's like he had, or some type of neurosurgeon who had imaging done, and she's the one who found out that there was the bleed. But by the time she found it, um, it was already resolving itself.
0: So, okay, good. So at that point, the bleed was not an issue.
1: Yeah, it was still, um, problematic like I still had symptoms but it was yeah getting smaller on its own which with the type of bleed I had it was a um, subarachnoid hemorrhage in the back um, which is bleeding between the brain and the brain tissue okay. and so that meant really it was the first month of January that mattered more than anything because that first month kind of had a 55 I think percent chance of me surviving with the brain bleed untreated so after that it was kind of cleared as, okay, I'm safe, I'm fine, I'm recovering. Wait, well, yeah, naturally. but back in
0: January, they didn't even know there was a bleed?
1: No, they didn't know because the bleed was just getting worse at that time. And with people who, who also get that type of bleed, the statistics are about 50-50. Wow. Yeah.
0: Valium, Xanax, whatever, and then something still was off. You are yeah. still having symptoms.
1: Yeah, so it kind of got so bad to the point where my doctors in Oregon were like, your PTSD here is too severe for your brain to like fully recover. If it will, um, for like I can't be in that panicking state all the time mm-hmm. for my brain to physically heal. And so they were like, it'd be best if I had moved to somewhere where I felt safer. Um, mm. And so I moved to Austin, where they also had really great medical care for me. And um, a really close family friend uh, who was back in medical school there who knew me very well and could be there for me medically Because I was gonna be on my own out there and then also one of my best friends and his family Great lived there. So I had support there.
0: So this whole last year Has been a break because of this accident break from school break from everything.
1: Yeah uh, Just
0: trying to get situated
1: Yeah, kinda, yeah. So it wasn't until August that I was released from neurology and cardiology, so. In Austin?
0: Yeah. When did you start doing ketamine? So. How did that come about? The doctor was just like, hey, we, uh.
1: No, it was, so I had been to the ER or urgent care like several times from extreme muscle spasms and all this chronic pain that I was always in to the point where I couldn't work. Um, it, ha- it started ha- like happening in Oregon really like I couldn't get out of bed hmm. because of it or in Austin when I finally got my first job since my brain injury a weekend in, my doctors said I couldn't work anymore because of the pain I was in just from being I worked at Brandy Melville like a store and just like I was on my feet and sitting down for four hours like that movement itself was too much okay. and the pain was too severe and I'd wake up in like excruciating pain where like I'd have to go to the ER or and muscles would be spasming so bad that you could see physically, like my spine being pulled and curved to the side from muscle spasms. Wow. Um, and I, uh, and so it, we couldn't figure out the cause of this pain anymore because it had been a long time since the injuries yeah. I'd been doing physical therapy as well throughout all of this. And, um, I've had, Imaging like MRIs and x-rays of basically my whole body at this point They can't find a physical reason that is big enough to explain the amount of pain that I'm in and um, so at that point where you looked into other types of therapy I Myself had come across on YouTube uh, Someone telling their story about ketamine infusion therapy for their depression and um, chronic pain and uh, so I texted my mom about it, who's a medical professional, and she's like, I actually was just talking talking to someone about this, too, and I think we should look into it. And so my mom did a lot of research on it, and I did a lot of research on it myself, and we found a doctor here who, um, at a surgery center. It, um, in
0: L.A.? Yeah, in L.A.
1: Okay. Um, who... Uh, he does all types of pain management, so he doesn't just do ketamine treatments for people, he evaluates them and decides whether I would be a good um, person for that treatment. And so I saw, I went in, I told him everything about me, my story, my physical like history and mm-hmm. all of my problems, and um, we decided that trying ketamine infusion therapy would be very beneficial to me. So I was kind of seeing him for two reasons, because ketamine can be, um, Used at low doses for chronic pain and depression and PTSD, along with a ton of other issues. Um,
0: what was your use? I guess if you had to put a title on it, pain?
1: Yeah, so I was there for depression, PTSD, and okay. chronic pain. So my situation is a little bit more different than a lot of people who would go in for ketamine infusion therapy sessions because I needed. A higher dose than the people who are there just for um, mental illnesses. Okay. Um, because the chronic pain is a little bit deeper and it's changing the like neuropathways pathways in my brain, and I also, due to my genetic testing and stuff, um, my opioid receptors um, don't re- respond as strongly as someone else's would. So.
0: Yeah. Did you try painkillers?
1: Um, yes. Uh, opioids don't work well with me. Wow. And I also don't want to be on them sure, at all. Yeah, like of I i do everything to avoid them, really.
0: Yeah, no one wants to be on anything.
1: Yeah, I the goal is not to be on medications. Yeah. So And like I'd tried a million medications by now. So okay. Um, I did not want to be put on opioids of any kind. And uh, it was kind of like, well, ketamine treatments, they're not a long-term thing where I'm going to have to be taking a pill every single day. Okay. It's physically changing my brain and how it works, with, um, which I really liked the idea of. Okay, and so
0: you started them in... October,
1: um, I think November is okay. when I started.
0: So the first time you took it what, What's it feel like?
1: So the first time I was really nervous because it was kind of Last-minute my mom was visiting me um, because I like to have her there for most of my uh, Appointments like doctor's appointments because I don't really remember my own medical history as well as she does hmm. so um, we met with the doctor and he actually recommend or offered to have me start that day which kind of freaked me out because I was like, wow, ketamine, I had all these like different connotations in my brain about it. Like I'd heard about it. like
0: Club drugs. Yeah. like it's, Special K. It's
1: highly abused. It's also yeah. an anesthetic used. I've even on heard,
0: I've heard it's a date rape drug.
1: Yeah, it is. Even? It, it is. And it's used on, it's used on animals. Vets use it all the time. Oh yeah,
0: duh. Horse tranquilizer. Yeah. Like duh. it has
1: all types of. Yeah. So when I I was a little like scared of of it and then for him to be like, oh Can you come back in a couple hours and start yours? I was a little bit kind of freaking out (laughs) and uh, I took it really well The first day I actually he was surprised by how well my I was able to handle the medication
0: Okay.
1: Um, And
0: what did it feel like
1: I? Don't it what's really weird about ketamine is that when you are on ketamine, it's a dissociation feeling. So I don't, yeah. so like I kind of felt like I'm in a different world. And I I've heard it's in, like,
0: yeah, it's very dreamy.
1: Yeah. So I put in headphones and I listen to music during it. And or else you're going to be in there for hours and bored in a dark room. Hmm. And um, basically, I kind of just see things like it seems like I'm in a different universe. There's no words to describe what it's really like being on ketamine. Yeah uh, It's kind of you can't really tell if you're dead or alive, but at the same time you're comfortable and not afraid it, it's like a very <laughs> I have not been done any like halluc- <laughs> That
0: sounds like crazy. No, it, it, well, it that really sounds, is. That sounds That's, like DMT kind of y-
1: I haven't tried anything really else.
0: Okay. No similar d- to have you've have you done any psychedelics. No, I haven't All right.
1: um, and I was actually kind of afraid that those kind of effects that can happen with ketamine would occur yeah. to me, and with PTSD that, would that make can me be, scared. yeah. And I've never tried any, and so with having PTSD, that that thought of possibly having like psychedelic effects with PTSD could be really scary. Um, but I had no problems with that. I felt completely relaxed and happy. So you liked it? Um, it was, yeah. It was comfortable. I did not enjoy the needle in my arm. I'm. Like that's kind of one of sure. my biggest fears and I hated that so then
0: you're out of there and you feel kind of good You feel yeah relieved.
1: Yeah, um immediately. I had no pain, okay. which is great and um, Always starving because I can't eat before so I'm always getting food and in good mood because of that and kind of a little mm. out of it fun um, Which is good, <laughs> but I'm just in a better mood overall like I don't feel as like Okay, d- heavy of course. If that makes sense Sure, yeah, yeah. uh but the pain I noticed had decreased significantly in my like Neck which was a place that was a huge issue for me.
0: How often do you have to do it now?
1: So well now or have
0: you been doing it? Yet? So
1: I did it. I did either I think it was like six or seven sessions um, initially um, Which were a few times a week? Mm-hmm. So I did it for a few weeks like going in and then um, I felt some relief and then I Went back in January for a follow-up because I was having more pain and um, more problems, but uh, It was also because of the time of year being one year since the incident and not And my PTSD was really bad because I've other reasons mm. and so things um, like In my life were a little worse than normal and so I went back in for a follow-up session and um, He did a normal ketamine infusion on me and then he also prescribed me uh, ketamine nasal spray for me to start um, doing on my own at home, which is not as common. It's for patients who struggle with the pain, the mm-hmm. worst, um, I'd say, maybe depression too. I That's not my main reason. Mine was more the PTSD, depression was like a good thing about the ketamine stuff, but the pain is what I really cared about. And so I was prescribed a little like, Squirt bottle that I squirt up my nose mm-hmm. Um, for me to do every six hours is what the bottle says But it's also used for like as needed.
0: Can you overdose on it? <laughs>
1: uh, so I'm given like a fraction of what they'd give you for an anesthetics Okay um, The dosing it, like varies very very widely
0: how like how much does like a clubber clubber
1: Clever, I I honestly don't (laughs) even know but they take really 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 high doses for the people who go into K-holes You have to take a lot to go into a K-hole Have you gone
0: into a K-hole?
1: I think Well, it's hard to say so (laughs) I I don't even know how to describe one Uh, they're They're just when you're in a completely different universe. They're how I've been described like sorry How people have described k-holes to me like or what I've seen online is they're the person at the club Who's like on the ground sitting like staring at the floor (laughs) like just like kind of like they look dead They're like in their own thing. Yeah, I think that's I think to be fully in a k-hole You'd need way more than what I was ever given but I was definitely given uh, um, Enough for me to feel the dissociation effects where it felt like I'm in a different reality and walls are moving and i was having thoughts and realizations and it's kind of like a spiritual thing like Mm -hmm. all like i had a whole like experience which kind of felt like what i'd imagine a k-hole would be like but based on like the research i've done the amount that people do recreationally um clubbing not all people but like the people who are really um addicted or really into the drug uh they take way 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 more than what I was ever given
0: so yeah huge controversy with the opioid opioid crisis, you know people getting addicted Do you feel like you're addicted to ketamine?
1: No, so ketamine is actually even though it um, Interacts with like your opioid receivers or my terminology is probably wrong, but yeah, it interacts with like that part of your brain mm. um, just like other opioids do but um, It's not an opioid. I don't believe Uh, it actually it has similar effects of opioids but it doesn't have the negatives the addiction parts and the dangerous parts of it so um, it doesn't prevent any of the functions that my body has from keeping me alive like with my respiratory system and stuff like that and it's not addictive physically Um, Hmm. people who abuse it could have an addiction to the dissociation feeling Due to other mental illnesses probably and so they're searching for an escape just like alcoholis- alcoholism alcoholism, mm-hmm. um, but uh, It's not an addictive drug which, and it's a very very safe drug like it's given to kids on, on ambulances at age like 12 It's very very safe and it's hmm. been used for years. Mm.
0: Do you think you'll taper off the nasal?
1: Yeah um, it's I'm I can stop it at any time. There's no withdrawal with ketamine because there's no like physical part of ketamine That's addictive mm-hmm. um, And I don't do enough of it to even get like the dissociation oh, addiction. Good. So you're
0: kind of like recovered like recovering. Yeah, you're, you're there.
1: Yeah, but the Home infusions stretch. are very uh, exhausting I'd say mm. <laughs> just with the whole because with the with the nasal spray I don't get the dissociation effects as much I get the relief from the pain and kind of like feeling happier and like lighter Mm -hmm. Um, and some other like positive effects of the ketamine but I don't have like the full like going into a different feeling like I'm in a different reality which is kind of can be scary but also just really exhausting mentally
0: The, the infusions are supposed to rewire
1: yeah, that, that's like a, how like I a, say it. Yeah. yeah, like a permanent thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, they can't, it hasn't been used for this long enough to say that it's really permanent. Um, but the people that have been doing it have seen long-term effects that are very beneficial. Um, permanent for some, as for now.
0: I've heard it's not FDA approved.
1: Yes, so it's actually, well, the drug itself is But not for this purpose right um, because so it's, it's yeah,
0: so you do you have to pay out-of-pocket?
1: Yeah So that's why I think that um, it's not as common as antidepressants or other um, Right solutions for depression pricing stuff are is it's a very um, expensive treatment and mm. um, But it's kind of I think it's kind of a miracle drug and I think that at some point it will be approved for this because its effects are very significant Hmm. And um, the statistics are amazing and for me, it's helped a lot even as I've continued to go through other traumatic things. And uh, I think that if it was accessible to everybody, it would take most people off antidepressants altogether. Really? Yeah, because ketamine, it's kind of like a substitute for it. At least it can be used for one. So yeah, yeah. instead of taking a pill every day, you go get these sessions done for a few weeks or a couple weeks. Um, most people don't need this nasal spray. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you feel good. You feel you don't feel depressed and you don't have that suicidal tendency anymore. Um, from all the research I've done on it, which is extensive because I was really scared of it before <laughs> yeah, going wow. in there.
0: Please let us know what you think about all of this in the comments. Um, Any stories you have with people you may know that take ketamine for therapy or if you took ketamine once Check out uh, Jane's Instagram
1: your main Jane. Okay. That's it.
0: I'll list that Um, Blow that shit up (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks for watching